This is New Bedford's News Talk Station, the place where the South Coast comes to talk about all the hottest issues locally and beyond. This is WBSM. Call in to have your voice heard at 508-996-0500. Or open up the WBSM app and hit App Chat to text us. Or open line to leave us a voicemail. Let's hear it, South Coast. And welcome back in. Third and final hour here on Wednesday. And it's time to be joined by New Bedford Mayor John Mitchell from Midweek with the Mayor. Good here morning, sir. Yes. Good to be with you, Tim. How are you? Doing all right. No smoke out there. Did you get any smoke from the uh, Nova Scotia fires? You know, I didn't notice any myself. It's uh, well, it's a little cloudy out there, I guess. But yeah, it was kind of like raining when I came in. A little sprinkly, so no no smoke affecting me. Is that where the wildfires are? They're up in Nova Scotia. Yeah, I guess it was blowing down here yesterday. People were. I was seeing all kinds of comments online, and people were calling in saying, you know, they couldn't. They they walked out of the house in Dartmouth. Their eyes are watering and. Huh. They were getting affected by it. So this is the second time that we've had smoke from Canada come down in recent weeks. Huh. Yeah. Well, yeah. Let's that's send them not, back that's something. Not good. Let's send them back. Let's send them our bears. <laughs> Tell the bears to go back to Canada. <laughs> yeah, go, go up there where they like you. Down here, we, get, we, we want what's to keep the, our bird know, feet I, out. Maybe I haven't been paying attention. So, like, I, I heard something about the smoke. I, what's the latest with the bear? The bear that was running around all over the place. So the bear has gone... To my understanding, like the Plymouth Middleborough area, he's okay. been seen out in Plimpton. Yeah. So he kind of came through, he did his loop, and then he, he went away. He was just down here for Memorial Day weekend, just like so many other trip. tourists. You know, it's it, he seems to be following the course of a lot of statewide political candidates that just sort of passed <laughs> through, and then they head, head up. And, yeah, it's yeah, there's something to that. You, should, you guys should get right on it. Well, I, I think I had, a, I had a mass wildlife expert on yesterday, and he talked about how, you know, that they, they let the bear just go like they don't want to they don't want to take it off its path they want it to kind of go through and explore but that when he comes to a place like new bedford they do have to be prepared to respond because of the concerns of things like you know walking out into traffic and causing traffic collisions and things like that yeah but they also the the expert also said the bigger problem is all the people that want to go out and you know bear watch they want to go out there and gawk at it so thankfully uh he said (laughs) new bedford responded very well to when the bear came through they did things yeah, the right I, I way. Think so yeah. nobody, nobody tried to, nobody tried to shoot it. Nobody tried to tackle it, wrestle it. Bear, bear wrestling's a thing, right? He'll he'll be back for the country festa, and then maybe come back for the for the it's feast it's of the blessed feast. sacrament yeah. after that. So they haven't announced the headliner yet. It's the bear. It's the bear. So just in case anybody's wondering. But speaking of things coming to New Bedford, big things that are coming into New Bedford, uh, the offshore wind components finally started arriving last week. And I think people people who doubted it and said this is never going to happen, now they can see the proof. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's real. And um, it, I couldn't really talk about it too much on the radio last week because of the press conference that we had set up. And, and so I didn't want to. Uh, I didn't want, want to spoil it, but yeah, it's, this is what we've been talking about for a while. The, the first components in America's first commercial offshore wind project are, uh, are here now. And, um, that is, uh, it's, 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 it's a dawn of, um, of a new era in the city. And I don't mean to overstate it. It's not, there's not any one thing that is going to solve every last problem every last challenge for all time's sake but it's a 
it's a big deal, and we know it's a big deal because it's been a big deal for similarly situated ports in Northern Europe um, that have been involved in offshore wind over the last 30 years. And so uh, people will see just how much activity there is. It's not really going to ramp up until um, until later this summer when the nacelles, the, the turbines themselves that go on, on the top come in. Because at that point, then you'll start to see each individual turbine assembled or parts of it assembled um, and then shipped out to the project site for installation. That'll, that'll start in August and September and then go on for 18 months. And that's when you'll see an awful lot of activity. Um, and, you know, the hotels will be full. Uh, it will be, um, there will be lots, lots of really good economic activity, restaurant activity, all that stuff. And, uh, and a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of small businesses getting work. So, uh, and that's what we're trying to facilitate right now. It, it's, but, it, and, and, you know, a lot of, we've talked a lot about off, offshore wind and might hap- what might happen to it in the long run and what, and the potential conflicts with the fishing industry. And, you know, one of the things that I, I think is important for people to understand is that it's been inevitable for us. For, for the United States to, to become an offshore wind country, right? The, the it's been going, it's been maturing in Europe for for decades, and it's coming. It, it, it would come to the United States because the wind, wind resources here are greater, and the population centers along the East Coast, at least, are bigger, and so in uh, the continental shelf is shallow enough to allow for all. So it's really those three, those three uh, elements that make it uh, viable here. Plus. Uh, the supports of the federal and the state government, and so that being the case, you know, I, I you know, personally believe that we should be competing and competing hard for it as a city that has had trouble attracting investment and creating jobs over the years. We're in a really strong position now, but uh, for all those who might say, well, you know, what about conflicts? What about you know the possibility of? other renewable energy sources, I say, look, um, what, what all the investment you see on uh, our waterfront right now, hundreds of millions of dollars worth more investment going in right now than at any point since New Bedford was the center of the world's whaling industry would not have come about if it weren't for the prospect of offshore wind. If we weren't diving into it, if we weren't seen as a place that would launch this industry, you would not see that investment. And that investment works for all of our maritime industries it'll work for fishing and it'll work for offshore wind and work for other and uh it's been it will prove to be a, a huge boon to the regional economy in the long run we're also relatedly talking about workforce programs so bristol community college has got this new training center now that will be ready later this year that wouldn't happen without offshore wind um and uh what we're uh, talking uh, the things that we're talking the the institutions that we're talking to uh concerning entrepreneurship and innovation um, major research um institutions higher ed those conversations weren't happening if new bedford wasn't seen as a as a leader in this new industry um the other thing i'll just say is that um if we if we just dug our head in the sand and said no we don't want it 
uh, the fishing industry would, st they would the, the offshore industry would go to other ports, and the conflicts with the fishing industry would still be the same uh, out, of, out on the ocean. By asserting ourselves as we have over the last 10 years, we have strategically put ourselves in a position to not only promote offshore wind, but also defend fishing. So I, I just wanted, sometimes I think you know, that, that point's lost on, on folks because I haven't made it clearly enough, but um, we've put ourselves in a really strong position in the long run because we've just been relentless in asserting ourselves um, as, a, as a leader in offshore wind, and the, there are, will be benefits to commercial fishing as a result, as well as uh, to a whole lot of landside businesses. There will be new businesses arriving and we have to keep driving it. And if we do, we'll, the city will be far better off in the long run. And, and as you said, people have asked, what about other renewable energy resources? Sure, but you can do those anywhere. This yeah. is something that you can do uniquely in New Bedford. Right. We are, we are uniquely situated because of our, primarily because of our proximity to the wind resources. We're the closest port to the center mass of wind energy areas on the East Coast. Um, we're also, we also have the infrastructure, the seafaring workforce, um, all those things. They add up to uh, a population center with a workforce that can you know, do a whole lot of other things as well besides being out, of, out on the water. So it's a way of saying that uh, you know, we're, 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 we're driving this, we're pressing our advantage. Right, and you hear that that term in sports. You hear it in the military. You've, you, when you got, you know, you've got the cards to play. Play the cards. And that's in in New Bedford. That's that's the port. And, and just to give people a rough idea, so they they know the components are coming in. So what's happening is the, they'll come in on on ships. They'll be brought on and in, uh, brought into the port, assembled to some degree, and then brought out and installed into the facility. Yeah. So what you're seeing on the waterfront now, for those who've gone down there, um, has is a, a vessel uh, that is delivering what are called the tower pieces. Right. These go on top of the foundation. The foundations different types of foundations for offshore wind turbines um and what's the most common one uh, is called a monopile which is basically this gigantic steel pipe that's driven into the seabed and what's placed on top of that is something called a transition piece and on top of that is the tower piece and on top of that is the nacelle right the the brains of the the thing that's what turns it and then there's the the blades so um in essence, so uh, the, what's being shipped now are the tower pieces. So you can see just how big those those things are. If you see anybody, like if you go down to Gifford Street, or if you go along Wright Street uh, on the other side of the Bedford Marine Commerce Terminal, and you see people working beside these components, you can get a sense of the scale. They're massive. The di they're about twenty feet in diameter. They're, they're they're huge, and so you know they have to be brought over on specialized heavy lift sh ships these tower pieces the ones that 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 are the five on uh, the vessel that just came in uh, were all manufactured in portugal uh, that boat will go back to portugal bring five more and so forth until they have the whole lot of 63 here and the blades are being manufactured in canada you'll start to see those coming in i think the first set of blades are coming in next week the blades are pretty spectacular. They're each one, each blade, um, and there are three for each turbine, each of the 63 turbines. Each blade is longer than a football field. They are, they are huge. So if you look at, like, as we can see straight out the window here, Tim, we look at the, the, the windmills in 
um, the wind turbines. I keep for years people told me to stop calling them windmills because they think of like, like the Dutch countryside, <laughs> right. With, right? But you need wooden like, shoes to say yeah, that. Exactly. So, uh, so if you look at the ones in Fairhaven, as we're looking at right now, the, they are those are about a little more than half the size of the the, uh, the turbines um, that are being installed as part of the Vineyard Wind Project. They're just massive, and um, so it just it's. Uh, I think I would just suggest to everybody, you know, take when you get a second this summer, go down to the harbor walk you can see a lot of it from there uh just check it out and because it's a scene that's not not playing out anywhere else yet in the united states it's all very very new and it's the dawn of it is right right here in new bedford which is pretty cool so the the announcement came last week well the you know the the, the first parts came in and uh, there was a lot of fanfare for that but then also the longshoremen had a demonstration saying that they felt like that union was cut out of this process yeah, they have, and that that continues, and it's, it complicates things, and 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 um, it, that the whole situation is a lot more complicated than meets the eye. Um, the uh, this some of this was foreseeable. Um, I've been trying to run interference among all the affected parties for a while now, and um, but I think at this point it's 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 become more of a it's gone beyond New Bedford it's been an, become an issue at the national level um, and so it's got to get it's got to get sorted out but in essence this is a dispute between two unions it's not so much of a union it is primarily a dispute between two unions and secondarily a, a dispute between a union and an employer um, the there is a what's called a project labor agreement on for, for this Vineyard Wind project as between Vineyard Wind and the, the building trades, which are a group of, um, which is a, a group of unions that together sort of comprise one. It's, it's carpenters and bricklayers and, and others. Um, and the ILA, the International Longshoremen's Association, which is, has long had a, has had a long and venerable history in the city, um, uh, has said that certain of the, the the jobs that are assigned as a result of the project labor agreement should are really dock work, the kind of dock work that they ordinarily do, the unfastening of ships and the movement of of uh, the fastening of ships and the movement of goods across the the dock. Um, and so they're looking at at folks who are not dock workers doing dock work and um they they have a point they they really they really do have a point and so i, I think the parties could have frankly dealt with this a little more expeditiously before it came to came to blows um but i um i remain hopeful that they're going to continue to work it out i've been talking to both sides and um you know we all want to get to a point where uh we can the project moves forward and it moves forward with as many new bedford folks on that site as 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 possible but it is that the jobs are all union jobs it's a matter it's a question of which union gets which jobs 
All right, well, why don't we take our first break? If you have any questions for the mayor, 508-996-0500. We'll be back in just a few moments. Jim. And welcome back in. We are talking with New Bedford Mayor John Mitchell. Midweek with the mayor, 508-996-0500 if you want to call in. We do have a, a call on the line, but we have room for you as well. Uh, good morning. You are on with Mayor Mitchell. Hello. Hi. Uh, good morning, Mayor. Uh, buddy Andre calling. Hey, buddy. John, uh, I'm going to have to tell you that the PLA needs to be scrapped and start all over again, or there'll never be equal opportunity for the city of New Bedford residents, period. And until we do that, until we realize that, GE is a major, major company that has to have an equal opportunity affirmative action program, and they don't have one. The city of New Bedford has done nothing to include its own Equal Opportunity Officer involved with this project. Now, you know I've been involved quite some time, and we have put men to work over there already. The ILA being closed out is really, really a criminal act. And how do you have a project labor agreement and exclude a major union? And for what reason? And that's, 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 for me, is the $500,000 question. Why was the ILA excluded? Period. Yeah. So, as you heard, you probably heard my comments just a moment ago. I, I, uh, I think the ILA has a point, and I tend to agree. And the, just so everybody knows, the PLA stands for Project Labor Agreement, which is an agreement between one union and the employer, and um, I do think I, I do tend to agree that the PLA. The PLA uh, broad is too broad in how it defines um, which job responsibilities are assigned to the building trades. Some of some of uh, what's included are jobs that are traditionally done by longshoremen. And, and that's 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 the nub of the problem. And um, you know, as far as the city's role, I, I can tell you, buddy, I've been in the ILA. Will tell you this, and the Vineyard Wind will tell you this. I've been talking to them for months about trying to square this away. But at the end of the day, the city is not a party to to any of this. All I can do is push each each side to get something done uh, and to work work this out and it hasn't happened yet i i think it will get worked out and i think we have to make sure that um the for uh, future projects this thing is uh it's 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 done better than this all right thank you for the call buddy thank you have a good day uh 508-996-0500 good morning you were on with mayor mitchell good morning mayor mitchell good morning Hi, um, you know, I'm a little upset with a few things here. Um, I noticed on before the parade, you had the street sweeper. I was walking the dog and on the, um, the park and the school, and it was going up and down. It's like that's like to try to make the people think that everything's looking real good, right, for the city? No, it's just to clean the street. I know, but you were right near Chestnut Street with that thing, You should, and I keep telling you that I want you to bring that thing over to my side where I live. I pay taxes. I voted for you every time that you ran, and I want to get some of this stuff done. I have a lot going on in my life, 
and it's hard for me to get to these meetings with the city uh, councilors. I talked with Ian Abram when he was on the on the um, radio the other day, but it seems like nothing gets done. You talk, I can talk about it, but then it's just thrown out the window. And everything's about this offshore wind. That's what your whole life is right now, I think, Mayor Mitchell. Well, now that you have this established, which I'm against can, anyway, can, can you, you can 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 you just let him reply? I'm not done speaking. Wait a minute. After now that you have this established, can we move on and do something with uh, making the streets better in New Bedford besides planting some trees? Cottage Street needs to be done desperately. It needs to be paved. Hello. No, no, I didn't want to interrupt you. Well, it needs to be paved. I don't know what I got to do to go down there to get it done. Well, uh, you know, the city, you, you like the city to be looking good, but you have to take care of the streets because that's very important. Okay. Now let's let the mayor respond. All right. Thanks. So, uh, so listen, so I, 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 we've talked about the streets a lot and it does bear repeating because, you know, we've, the streets in the city um, were not taken care of for years. And for a variety of reasons. And, and the way you take care of streets is you have to have a, a process in place that provides for um, continual re, rebuilding and uh, renovation, resurfacing, right? And it can't stop. It has to continue always. The city has 300-something miles of roadway. Before I got into office, the city had no capital improvement plan. In other words, it didn't devote, um, it didn't borrow money to spend on roadways. All it did was it received its share of what's called Chapter 90 money from the state. This is the state aid to uh, fix roads. And that money has been flat for years and it's not nearly enough to take care of the, um, the roads in the city. Under my administration, we started a capital improvement plan. That's why buildings are getting fixed now and have been for several years. And that's why the streets are finally getting fixed on a consistent basis. The streets will let go for so long, uh, it is not going to be overnight that, that they get rebuilt to a point where people say, you know what, things are, things are fine. Um, I think things have gotten better because we've invested millions uh, in the last several years. We do, as I've continue to propose to the city council three million dollars a year if you do that over time you will catch up it's not going to be overnight as far as chestnut street uh actually cottage street in particular um goes yeah it's there's there are a number of streets over there but especially cottage because it's sort of the, the busiest street in that neighborhood um that need work we did a pretty long stretch of cottage street uh, about a year and a half ago, two years ago now, more will be done. Uh, will continue to get done. Um, and I don't know where it is off the top of my head in the in the pipeline. DPI has a priority list uh, that it moves down um, that is based on the condition of the roadway, how heavily it's traveled, and so forth. And so um, I can we can find out where. Uh, the next stretch of Cottage Street um, is in that that pecking order, but there's a lot of um, there's there's a lot of work being done now. As people have seen, have seen the 
they've run into those construction sites though that that is going to continue it'll be we are we're committed to fixing the city's roadways um in a systematic way one a systematic way that did not exist before i got into office and but if we continue it the city remains dedicated to it there will be great improvement all right could you tell me next time when you come on could you write a note for yourself to find out how long it's going to be before cottage street gets done in front of cottage street motors that area there it's all busted up broken up yeah i'll let you know all right Thank you for the okay, call. Okay, thank you. And um, w- one thing that I'll say, too, I'm going to guess that if you're going to do a major road like portions of Cottage Street that are heavily traveled, you have to make sure that the roads that you need to detour other vehicles to are in good shape, too, or else you're just going to do more damage to those as you're trying to repair the, the main road. Yeah, I mean, that's not that's not much of an issue, but... but uh, you know, the, she's right. There are a number of streets in that particular neighborhood that have been in rough shape. But again, uh, it's the city has not consistently invested in roadways. And uh, I think as you look around the city, I th- people would say, yeah, things have things have gotten better in the last few years. There's been a number of resurfacings at different depths. There is the, the, the we, we do a, a variety of treatments. Some uh, we do a sort of almost loosely speaking, like a skim coat, like you would with plaster on a wall in your house if that's all that's needed, or we do what's called, um, a, on the other hand, a full-depth reconstruction, which means the road is so chewed up, you got to, like, pull out everything and regrade it and then and then set it down again, put, like, a binder down, and then put a uh, put the final coating on uh, the, in the next construction season after it's settled. People recently saw that on Union Street. Um, and then there are some... There's some gradations of treatments in between those two extremes, so we 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 try to tailor it to um, the the needs of the roadway, which is you know what's the condition, how heavily is it traveled, and that's that's the that's the essence of the formula we use. So it's not we don't we don't focus on any particular neighborhood. We don't pick out pick favorites. We don't do any of that stuff. It's all it's all very. Um, uh, mechanical and, and the and the, the the approach we take. All right, we have another call on the line five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. You're on next with Mayor Mitchell. Hey, good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Um, regarding the vineyard winds, so from what I've been reading, there's four lawsuits uh, that can potentially impact uh, things moving forward. But I think it's in terms of the cables. My question is, if they put up the turbines. And then uh, everything gets halted. What happens? Well, if everything gets halted, then they don't produce, but uh, they don't produce electricity. I don't foresee that happening. It's, Vineyard Winds already fended off several lawsuits, and there have been some more recent ones uh, in the last several months that have been uh, knocked down by the federal court in Boston. So uh, I, I don't, I don't foresee that playing out this way, that way. Yeah. Also, while I have you, um, I called many months back regarding uh, when E.L. Harvey took over for ABC and uh, increased rates at the dump, so on and so forth, like the minimums. I believe it went from uh, $50 to 190 And my concern was that we were going to see an increase in illegal dumping around the city, which, um, I mean, I don't know if you agree, but I, there's been a significant impact. Uh, like people dumping everywhere. 
Um, my question is, and I know you uh, did the Star uh, Star Three One One program. Which, yeah, we're uh, going. We announced that we're going to. We will. Yeah. Which is awesome. Great idea. Um, my question is: Was that uh, pre-planned, or was that uh, a, like basically a result of the increased trash around, like being illegally dumped around the city? No, uh, it's no connection at all. I, I think uh, I've wanted to do a three one one system for a while. I just didn't think we were ready for it. We we have in a way a three one one system that is, uh, except the delivery mechanism isn't a three one one call telephone call uh, per se, but it's it's uh, the use of the C Click Fix app on for uh, for smartphones. Um, it, it's it turns out that that is not. It has not over the years been used as frequently as we'd like. In fact, um, and I say this with no sense of pride, um, I, it turns out that I, I think I'm leading the city <laughs> the number of responses, uh, requests put in through the C-Cliff Fix app, which is not, is frankly, a reflection of the fact that it's not, hasn't really taken hold in the way that we'd want. Um, so 311s, it's just, it's more user friendly. People can just pick up the phone and dial three one one, and they get somebody, and they can say, "Hey, you know, I've got somebody. There's a mattress that's dumped here, or you know, there's a pothole in front of my house, or whatever." So uh, I, we think that that uh, we're shooting for next year to have that in place and up and, and running. The um, the other thing I was going to say is it, I haven't seen, we haven't heard that there's been an increase in dumping. We've seen some increase in around like. Shamit Avenue, the, the stretch leading to the airport, because um, it's kind of remote. We haven't seen, really haven't, uh, like the, not to, it hasn't been brought to my attention, a, a, a general increase. And I, I just, I haven't seen it. And if, if you are seeing it in places, please do, I'll just say this to everybody, just please do call it in. We want to make sure that we're attending to it and picking up the stuff, but we also want to make sure that, like, if there's a place where, uh, it's going on a lot. We'll find a way to put cameras up and catch people doing it. And, and by the way, there is, uh, it, it's, it, it, well, we have to the extent, and this is kind of anecdotal, but to the extent that we have seen some dumping, um, it isn't always, and may, and, and, and it may well be, you know, uh, uh, it, it isn't all, not nearly always uh, New Bedford residents. Um, a lot of there's, there is, there are fees, charge to in other towns for the disposal of bulky items and we do we have seen folks from the surrounding towns dumping in new bedford and that's i don't mean to be pointing fingers but i'm just uh i guess i'm just responding to the question about the fees associated with bulky items in new bedford where we keep them low for um for a reason i think we have i think it's the lowest and are what, what the city charges is the lowest in the reason precisely because we don't want dumping going on um but uh we have seen others people from other other places dumping in new bedford all right well thank you for the call we got to take a break we'll be back in just a few moments more with mayor mitchell on the other side all right, welcome back to Midweek with the Mayor. New Bedford Mayor John Mitchell here with us. And back to your calls, 508-996-0500. You are next with Mayor Mitchell. Hello, how are you doing? Doing all right, how are you? Okay, hey, uh, you're talking about the money for the road. Yep. Uh, you're talking to an old guy who used to own a drum company. Every mile I drive in my car or my truck, if 
I only got five miles to the gallon, if I didn't put gas or diesel in my truck, paying the diesel taxes that are on the diesel or the fuel taxes that are on all fuels in the United States or in Massachusetts, you know, I get fined and they pull my license, they pull my DOT certificate. What happens to all that money that I pay on fuel taxes to go for the roads? Well, it's uh, paid to the state government and to the federal government, and not enough of it's going back into the roadways. So I agree with you. All right, well, have a good... All right. You should, you know, the people in Massachusetts, if they're paying fuel taxes, that money should be used, or in New Bedford, our time should be used for their roads first. Yeah, it's just not paid to us. If the city, if 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 it were paid directly to the city, we'd be putting it in, but... It's not, not our money. And as you said, the money they've been giving you has been level funded for many yeah, years. For, about, for at least 10 years. $2 million. It's just a little, we get a little more than $2 million from the state to fix our roads, which is paltry. And it's stayed that way. It's been flat for over a decade. All right. Well, thank you for the call. See, you're paying more in those fuel taxes, but they're not giving more back for the roads. Let's uh, go to the next call, 508-996-0500. You are next with Mayor Mitchell. Hi, good morning, Tim. Good morning, Mayor. Good morning, Catherine. Catherine, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Uh, hope the same with you, too. Thank you. Um, I wanted, uh, well, a couple of things. One is I wanted to say, uh, Mayor Mitchell, that I'm very glad that the wind project is going forward. We obviously uh, need to have alternative fuel. And I just hope that the, um, the labor uh, disagreement can get worked out. I'm my yeah, family's I, been a union family for many, many years. I think uh, it will. I think it will. Good. Uh, but I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, this project continue. Um, and, Tim, uh, I'm wondering, are you getting back to your other hours, or is this permanent? Um, I know I'll be filling in here for the time being, so that's all that I know for so far. So far. Okay. All right. I'll, I will try to rise to the occasion then. <laughs> You can always catch me set on podcast if you have to. Set your alarm earlier. Yeah. Okay. Right. Thank you, All Catherine. Right. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. Bye. Speaking of, uh, speaking of getting up early, I mean, nobody gets up earlier than school kids, right? I mean, they're the ones that are getting up at 6 in the morning. Class starts what? What time's high school class start? Like 8 uh, o'clock? No, it's earlier than that. Quarter it's of 8? 7. I was trying to think. The Bedford High, it's 7.38. Or is it seven twenty-eight? Man, the, yeah, around seven thirty. Yeah. And I think I have it rough. So, but <laughs> there are some new school buses coming that are oh, that yeah. will be uh, yeah. that will be. We're talking They're about so the fuel quiet, taxes. So quietly, the kids who are waking up late won't hear them, and they'll sleep uh, sleep past their ride. <laughs> or the kids that are on the bus will be able to fall asleep and yeah. catch up on what they missed. There's a lot of federal money out there for good stuff, and among the good stuff that's uh, that we've been able to avail. Um, uh, we've been able to get um, our uh, electric school buses, which uh, last a long time. They run more cheaply, they, and they emit uh, uh, less um, uh, less toxins. And uh, and so uh, the city doesn't, unlike other school districts, some other school districts, we don't own our own bus fleet, right? So we have there are several vendors. In the region, like um, Amaral's and Whaling City and um, Reliable and Tremblay's, we have like a wealth of 
as compared to other cities of uh, well-run private bus operators and um, and so we so we don't we we just contract the services but we worked have worked with them to acquire buses uh, electric buses and you know, there'll be opportunities for for more of that the the more of it the better we'll put charging stations in to allow for that but it's you know look we want to do do our part to combat climate change and at the same time it's a, it's a good deal uh, if our vendors are getting brand new buses for basically nothing from the for, from the federal government you know, the more the better it does underscore a um, you know something that we have been spending a lot of time on which is with all the federal money out there we want to make sure that people in New Bedford are taking advantage of it we'll be continuing to talk about this for a while but all these uh, bills that were passed during the pandemic um, put a lot of money into cities and so people should be alert to it um, we're gonna as I said we'll, we'll have more to say as time goes on but uh, there's a lot of money out there for free for things like your uh, monthly internet bill. That's the uh, uh, the affordable connectivity program, uh, the ACP program. We haven't had enough people, many people in the city take advantage of that. We want to, 30 bucks a month for your internet bill. That's it, <laughs> free. Uh, that not, you have to be below a certain income but, but it's actually but a pretty high threshold. It is a pretty high threshold. So um, there's that. There is, there's going to be all kinds of money for energy-efficient appliances, heat pumps, um, uh, energy-efficient fridges, all, all kinds of stuff, electric cars, right? There, there's, so uh, there's a ton of money getting out there. And what we want to make sure in the next two or three years that as much of that, uh, New Bedford is grabbing as much of that as possible. But at the end of the day, it's going to require people just saying, raising their hands and being proactive about it um, uh, in order for, for them to, to, to realize the benefits of it. We, um, we will make sure that the word goes out to everybody that, so that they can, uh, they can know what's available to them. But I just want to give people a heads up that, that that's, that's the, the, the money's out there and it's real and it's going to things like school buses, but, but a whole lot more. All right, we're going to take our final break of the hour. Caller, hang on. We'll get to you as soon as we come back, but we'll be back in a few moments. And back to your calls with Mayor Mitchell at 508-996-0500. Good morning. You were on with the mayor. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Uh, mayor Mitchell, last week, um, midweek, I think it's Tuesday, Wednesday night, um, was there any, did, you get, did you get any information on the three or four loud booms that were heard in the Shaman Avenue, Cogsall Street area? Hmm. No. Because uh, they actually put something on WBSM briefly. About yeah, it was, it, it was at about 3 o'clock in the morning. I had uh, checked with the police, and they said that there was no evidence that shots were fired. So uh, Lieutenant Corolla speculated it was probably just fireworks. But 3 a.m. seems like an odd time for fireworks. Although, yeah, that's, that's well, what I was thinking, too, yeah. You know, it's never an odd time for some people, I guess. Right. Yeah. Right. Maybe I, just. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not aware of it. Um, you know, it's that time of year. We do have fireworks going and off. The, and the parade went went really well this year. We had the right weather for it. Um, I, we did. From where yeah. I was, right there at the top, of, underneath the class common sign. So, in no specific order, but the um, Vietnam vets, the autism awareness police vehicle, and the suicide prevention vehicle, they appeared to get the loudest ovations and applause. It, it just it was. 
good parade, good weather, good turnout. The presentation was good uh, always. And I thought back to when I was five years old, the first time I was there when my dad was still alive in the late 60s. And I've been going there a long time. It was a good presentation. And the city and everybody who had to do with that has a lot to be proud of. Yeah, well, thanks, Phil. It's, it's a lot of people put a lot of work into it. And, um, and I think it, it went, went very well. It's always very encouraging when people show up um, and especially young kids and they see how the city puts extra effort into um, to honor uh, veterans and to um, exalt their service. And so that's, that's good. And then a lot of people came down into the common afterward, or one of the biggest crowds I've seen in a long time, to hear the, you know, to to hear the presentation, hear the speeches. So that was that was good as well. And uh, and of course, everybody that, you know, did things even privately. Uh, it's great to see how much the New Bedford community appreciates their veterans and the service that they yeah it, they it, gave it went, to this country. The whole thing went very well, and uh, a lot of credit goes to a lot of city agencies. Uh, Chris Gomes and the Department of Veteran Services and the Veterans Advisory Board, Bob Bromley and all the others, and uh, to the Department of Public Infrastructure, as, as we heard earlier, as, among other things, sweeping uh, Parker Street, which, uh, which is part of the effort. But, uh, and they made the, the cemetery, the DPI did a great job making the cemeteries and the parks look just so. It's, they put a ton.